0: I pray for you, Ibrahim. I pray for Allah from the Most Gracious. إ if it is from his اِفْكَنَ آلِهَةً دُونَ اللهِ تُرِيدُونَ فَمَا ظَنَنْتُمْ بِرَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ فَنَظَرَ نَظْرَةً فِي النُّجُومِ فَقَالَ إِنِّي سَقِيم رَبِّ اشْرَحْ صَدْرِي وَيَسِّرْ أَمْرِي وَاحْلُلْ عُقْدَةً مِّن لِّسَانِي يَفْقَهُوا قَوْلِي الحمد لله والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله وعلى اله وصحبه ما بعد السلام عليكم الله تعالى وبركاته Today we're going to talk about Surah As-Safat, Surah number 37 of the Qur'an. Here again, Allah is going to tell us about Ibrahim Alayhi salam. And before I get into the subject matter, an important consideration for myself and for all of you that will really help you appreciate the way Allah tells stories. Um, I've talked to you before about how the, the fact that Allah has broken up the story and repeated the story of the same incident multiple times in the Qur'an, right? But one of the indications that Allah gives us of His approach to telling a story is actually inside the word Qassa. You know, نحن عليك أحسن القصص, for example. The word قصة in Arabic or قصة is actually used, or قصة is used for story. Okay, but, and Urdu speakers are familiar قصة kahani, right? So is it came from Arabic to other languages too, having the same meaning. But actually in the original Arabic language, the word قصة also means to take, a st- to follow step by step. Or to take one step at a time. And the idea is the story, obviously the story has a beginning, middle, and end. And some of you that Alhamdulillah or Astaghfirullah watch TV shows, and somebody else has already watched the season finale, you don't want to talk to them until you've seen it yourself because you don't want them to spoil the story for you, right? Spoiler alert, right? The whole idea is you want to enjoy the step-by-step journey before you get to the conclusion, right? The conclusion is going to ruin it. You don't want to just get to the conclusion. You actually want to go through the entire journey. So the the, the idea of a story is to actually take you step by step by step into into an account. So what Allah does often in the Quran is He will mention specific steps and He'll skip, deliberately skip certain steps. So He's actually directing where He wants my mind to go. He wants me to go to this incident, then He wants me to go here, then He wants me to go here. He's building a train of thought that's not necessarily based on chronology. So actually the subject that I want to be talking to you about, that, I, that chronologically speaking, is uh, the story of the sacrifice. The famous story of the sacrifice that's also mentioned in the Bible. You know, Abraham having to sacrifice his son. And then the story that's been echoed in the Quran with very distinct, important differences. That's the story we want to talk about. And I could get to that part of the story in Surah al safat but I'm deliberately not going to because Allah didn't start there. Allah started by telling the story of Ibrahim Alayhi salam over again from some of the things we've heard before, right? And then from there, he transitioned over to the story of the sacrifice. So what is Allah doing? Allah is stitching together two separate episodes of his life, right? And he's stitching them in a very particular way. The wording in every every place in Qur'an, Allah uses very specific kinds of wording. So we have to pay attention to the wording he's using in Surah, al, uh, Surah Al-Safat. Before we get to the point that we're interested in, we have to surrender our curiosity to the sequence that Allah has dictated. Right? So instead of me just going to the point that I'm interested in, I want to see how is it that Allah wants me to think about this. Because that, that gives me real insight into what am I supposed to be getting out of this particular passage or this particular story. So we're going to take it from the top. inna min After telling the story of Nuh And actually in Surah safat first Adam salam then nuh alayhi salam, then ibrahim alayhi salam, these three prophets okay really interesting adam alayhi salam, the first the father to mankind nuh salam, the restart of humanity in a sense again a father to mankind and then ibrahim alayhisalam who is considered that we are the following the religion of our father so in a sense three fathers are being mentioned in sequence adam then nuh and then ibrahim alayhi that's also interesting that min al-gharq Right, Allah rescued Ibrahim uh, from drowning, and He rescued uh, Ibrahim salam, from the fire. Right, so two different kinds of rescues are going to be talked about one on the other, one on one extreme, the other on the other extreme. Right, so now, uh, so, so after Ibrahim, after Allah says, and no doubt about it. Belonging to his very group, his very faction, Shi'atihi. Shi'a is used for a group that you have affiliation with, that you consider yourself tightly uh, uh, bound with, that you have loyalties to, that you are connected to. That's actually called a Shi'a, a strong affiliation. Okay, and it's used multiple times in the Qur'an in a positive sense. The, the word gets different connotations in Islamic history. And a group can call themselves that and other groups say we're against the Shia, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. That's not the Qur'anic terminology. You have to keep Qur'an's vocabulary separate from what happens in history that happens after the Qur'an. right? So you, you can't allow post-Qur'anic history to taint the words that are, that are used in the Qur'an. The Qur'an's vocabulary is free from that. The same way I argue the word ulama. In Muslim tradition, we use the word ulama for a certain group of people. Right, These people have studied in seminaries, they've gotten ijazat, and maybe in hadith, and fiqh, and sharia, and in the Islamic sciences. And they get to a certain point, and then we consider them a'alim. Right? They're, they're a'alim. But when the Qur'an was using the word ulama, none of this existed. None of these ijazat systems existed, none of the seminaries existed. right? So when the Qur'an is using that word, you cannot superimpose the meanings that came a few centuries later, and say, oh, the Qur'an is talking about Islamic scholars here no it's it's not talking about islamic scholars because it's talking about al-ulama at the time when it was revealed right and at the time it was revealed the majority of the people didn't even know how to read and write and yet it was using the word al-ulama right so we have to you can't go you know uh, uh chronologically go later on in history and then superimpose definitions backwards that's not being original to the book of allah so The word Shia, it has to do with being part of a group that you are loyal to. And Allah says that Ibrahim is from the Shia of Nuh. That they are generations apart and yet they belong to the same group and they have loyalty to the same cause. As if they are members of the same, as if they are alive at the same time even though they're, they're generations apart from each other. On a side note, I thought this little passage from Ibn Ashur was beneficial in understanding the early chronology of prophets. After Ibrahim Alayhi salam, the chronology of Prophets is easy, right? So Ibrahim Alayhi salam has Ishaq and, or Ismail and Ishaq. And then from the lineage of Ismail Alayhi salam, we eventually get Rasulullah Sallallahu Wasallam. And then from Ishaq, you get Yaqub and Yaqub, you get Yusuf. And Yusuf's lineage has the Prophets of the Israelites. That's the easy part. What's happening before Ibrahim Alayhi salam? So I'm going to read a little bit of this to you because I, I thought it was helpful. نُوحًا نُوحًا so Allah considers him part of the Shia of, of, of Nuh because these are the messengers that came before Ibrahim salam, but they were the following the same religion. And among those who came before Ibrahim were Hud and Salih. Now there are four Arab Prophets, just on a side note, there are four Arab Prophets, Hud, Salih, Shu'aib and Muhammad. I'll say that again, Hud, Salih, Shu'aib, Muhammad. Those are the four Arab Prophets, but two of them are before Ibrahim. Which two? Hud and Saleh. Hud and Saleh are going to be before. Hudun wa Salihun faqad kana qabla Ibrahim, because both of them were before Ibrahim alayhi salam, al-Qur'an aqiba dhikri Nuh. Because the Qur'an mentioned those two multiple times before talking about Nuh, or right after talking about Nuh. So he says Nuh, then Hud, then Salih. Wa kabla dhikri Lut. And he mentions them before mentioning Lut. So now, this is what the Qur'an does. So the Qur'an will say Nuh, then Hud, then Salih, then Lut. Now why is that important? Because Lut is living at the same time as Ibrahim alayhi salam. So that would mean that Hud and Salih are before. You understand? Uh, so قبل Lutin معاصر Ibrahim, the one that lived at the same age as Ibrahim. Hudin and when Hud alayhi salam spoke to his people, he said, إِذْ جَعَلَكُمْ خُلَفَاءَ مِنْ بَعْدِ قَوْمِ Hud is speaking to his people and says, remember that Allah made you inherit the earth or left you behind after the people of Nuh. So Hud is saying, you people were left behind by Allah after Nuh, after the people of Nuh. So he's actually tying his chronology as the next prophet after Nuh. وَلِقَوْلِ Salih is min And Salih says, to his people, you should remember that Allah left you behind after the nation of Ad, because Ad is with Hud, right? And then the third Arab Prophet was Shuaib, right? But he's not in the sequence. Why? Oh, okay. Shuaib alayhi says, Don't let my hatred your hatred of me make you do stuff, the kind of things that the nation of Nuh did, the, the, the nation of Hud did, the nation of Salih did, and Lut wasn't that far behind. Meaning Lut was more recent in your history. So now we're getting a little bit better picture of a sequence. We're getting Nuh alayhi salam, followed by Hud alayhi salam, followed by Salih alayhi salam, followed by Ibrahim and Lut together. Right, And then s- soon after them Shu'aib this, it's a little bit after them, is So that was interesting way of, of, you know, the Qur'an. Instead of having to give us an entire chapter on the sequence of Prophets, by the wordings of the Prophets, we can decipher what the chronology of the Prophets was. So that's one thing that it's it's really important that Allah considers Ibrahim alayhi salam himself a continuation and part of the group uh, that starts off with Nuh alayhi salam, Wa inna وَإِنَّ مِنْ Shi'atihi, la Ibrahim, Right? Uh, other pro- other scholars actually considered that the word shi'atihi, the "ha" the "lamir" the, the, the pronoun in this word is, it goes back to Rasulullah that he that from the from the Shia of Rasulullah is also Ibrahim but the first meaning is more dominant because the noun was mentioned. Then Allah says, "If Ja'a Rabbahu bi salim, when Ibrahim when was he from the from the loyalties the loyal group to to Nuh وسلم, when he came before his Rabb. With a sound heart. I talked to you about the sound heart before, but interestingly, here Allah did not say not say. Man, Ibrahim his own words were illa man atta Allah bi qalbin sallim. was used here. Allah says illa wa idjaa rabbahu bi qalbin He didn't say id ata rabbahu bi qalbin Arabic is really incredible in this. Ata in Arabic means to come, so atate I came, and jaa also means to come. So jitu I came. But it's in, in in a Balaghi sense, ja'a is used for a longer distance. So if somebody came going through more hardship because they had a longer journey, then ata is not the right word for them. What is ja'a is now it's interesting that when judgment day comes, you would think that's gonna be the hardest journey. But Allah uses ata for the day of judgment. Allaha bi qalbin salim, The one who comes to Allah with a sound heart, with a healthy heart. Allah is telling us that for some people on Judgment Day that have a good heart, that journey on Judgment Day that is difficult for everyone else has been made unusually easy for them. Allah has gone out of His way to create ease on Judgment Day for those who come with him, to, to Him with a sound heart, the most valuable asset on Judgment Day. Nothing else is actually a worthy asset. Everything else is worthless, that's the only thing that counts for anything. Then in this life, Allah is acknowledging that bringing a sound heart to Allah in this life is not an easy task. Like surrendering to Allah in in my limbs, meaning I say Allahu Akbar, I stand in front of Allah. My body goes in ruku', my body goes in sujood, that's the easy part. My heart to be in sajda, my heart to be in ruku', my heart to be with every word of Allah, my feelings to surrender to what Allah wants. My, my wants, my desires, my fears, my anxieties, my entire internal being surrendering to Allah, like my outside body is surrendering to Allah, like fa- compared to that, fasting is way easier. Fasting is just my stomach is surrendering to Allah, my throat is surrendering to Allah. My temptation is surrendering, that's, that, that's the only thing that's surrendering to Allah. But man, in that time, is my entire psyche my entire personality everything that goes on in my chest surrendering to allah no the heart may still have anxiety while you're fasting it may still have jealousy it may still have anger it still may may have fears it may have all of those things so that's a much more difficult journey and allah acknowledges that longer tougher journey with what simple word salim. he came before his Rabb with a sound heart and that's no easy task the fact that it's no easy task captured inside the word ja'a. So, what is the, the word salim? We talked about it before, but I'm going to add some things. That actually it's it's an adjective and it comes from the word salama, which means safety and soundness and being healthy. And it, it, it means to be free of all diseases and ailments. So from it, the entire tradition in Islamic sciences of of Collecting diseases of the heart comes like all of that, that that is talked about when we study diseases of the heart Is all so that we can purify them and have Qalb salim. Actually that becomes the objective Arabs ancient Arabs used to word, use the word Qalb for essentially one fundamental thing Which is which is they used to use it as the place where all of our manners come from and all of our awareness comes from So let's take a note of those two words manners and awareness Right? So the, the ancient Arabs associated the heart, a good heart, with good manners and a you know, good, good level of awareness, sense of awareness. So when someone doesn't have good manners and does, someone is not un, not fully aware, or doesn't act in ways and think in ways that are fully aware, then their heart is not in a good place. فَقَدْ By using the word Qalb Salim, Ibn Ashur said something beautiful, so I decided to share with you. Ibn Ashur is saying, by using the words Qalb Salim, Allah has collected all the most beautiful qualities and all the best kind of deeds that you can do to make your heart more sound in one phrase. He comes before Allah with a sound heart means, when somebody needs help from him, he doesn't assume the worst of them. He doesn't make assumptions about people. He, you know, he helps whenever he can. He doesn't hold grudges inside of him. He cares about others. Like anything that can bring negativity or darkness into his heart, he gets rid of it. He just gets rid of it. And that's what makes, gives him a qalb Salim. So all the best qualities I can have as a person, and all the ways I can shave off negativity from around me, is actually what's giving me a qalb salim and so this is the introduction, reintroduction to Ibrahim Alayhi salam again. But now he's going to start talking about the conflict he had with his people again. And that's, we're going to go enter that conversation again, but from a very different point of view than the points of view we've seen before. And from there, he's going to take us into the sacrifice story. My objective over the next couple of days will also be to share with you how the Bible is different from the Quran in the story. And those, some of those differences are really, really important. Because, you know, you have Christian friends, family, neighbors, etc. They might want to talk to you about, oh yeah, you believe in Abraham? We believe in Abraham too. Yeah, we got a different Abraham. where Ours is a little bit different. A lot of bit different. Because so many of those small, what you might consider small details, completely create a different depiction of what kind of person he was. And what actually transpired. And how how are we to see even the children of Ibrahim alayhi salam? So we'll continue that conversation, inshallah ta'ala tomorrow. I'm gonna to give you fair warning tomorrow because I there's longer discussions. So what I'm gonna to do tomorrow and probably the next few days is I'm gonna start at nine o'clock sharp. So even if nobody's here, I'm gonna start at nine and go until nine forty or so. It's because I need forty minutes or so for uh, the coming